Are the Falcons going to surprise in 2023? Maybe. But that depends if you think winning the NFC South in more than 10 games is a surprise. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a water bottle with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And guys, if you don't know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, formerly covered the Falcons at falcfans.com, RIP. However, you may also know me as the alias Sirius Black, as Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew. But you know how you can become my friend? Well, all you got to do is become an everydayer here of this illustrious podcast by listening to this podcast as your first listen each and every day. And all you got to do to do that is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it is available. So today's episode, we will be joined by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic to get his thoughts on the Falcons as the 2023 season, 2023 season fast approaches and so without further ado let's get into that conversation with jeff schultz who covers atlanta sports including the atlanta falcons of the athletic right now all right everyone welcome back to another illustrious episode of the locked on falcons podcast with another illustrious guest he is none other than jeff schultz of the athletic covers all of atlanta sports including our beloved Atlanta Falcons, and he is with us today, as I often like to have Jeff on these last couple of years, just ahead of the season to sort of set the expectations. And it's always nice to have somebody on the podcast that has a reputation of being more negative than me, so I can be <laughs> the optimistic one for once. But Jeff, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thanks. I, I will have to take exception to that because I haven't spent the last seven or eight podcasts ripping the backup offensive linemen. So I was like, <laughs> you really have an obsession about people who play just part of the time, right? Particularly on the offensive line. I mean, do you do you want to come clean with that now? Is that yes? That yeah. Well, I mean, you know, my, my general philosophy is, you know, in my defense, is that preseason and, and training camp is really about building your roster and and doesn't really tell you anything about the team, and so. I yeah. tend to obsess about the back end roster spots <laughs> during the time of the that, season where I think fair. it is actually applicable. And then we will never talk about these players ever again. <laughs> 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 Thank you for making my point. <laughs> so, Jeff, let's let's talk about this Falcons team, the, the players that do matter. And I, I recently read your article that you wrote about the Falcons, and you know, it was quoted as David Onyemata saying. The Falcons are going to surprise a lot of people. And that seemed to be a common refrain from a lot of folks last year, because I think a lot of people thought the Falcons would be in the running for the number one overall pick. And I think they did indeed surprise people finishing seven and 10 and playing meaningful football uh, right. going into the month of January. Uh, but this year, it seems like the expectations are a little bit different, even though they're not the favorite to win the NFC South. It doesn't appear 
as if as many people are sort of sleeping on them and, and are buying stock on them as being a legit playoff contender. So I ask if most people think the Falcons are in the running for the playoffs this year, are they truly going to surprise people? Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't speak for all people. I, I can say that um, in Vegas and they tend to be pretty smart there with certain things. Um, I think the Falcons open They're over under opened at seven and a half wins and it went up to eight and a half wins where it probably sits now. And I think that's fair. Um, I think they're going to win the NFC South. Um, and given your introduction, as you know, I'm not a Falcon homer over optimist here. Um, I do think they have flaws and we could talk about those. Um, but I think the combination of their schedule, the fact that they play in the NFC South, um, and the fact that I think assuming Desmond Ritter is not bad as we define bad, I think they're going to score a fair amount of points, which will make up for maybe some issues on the other side of the ball. Um, do I think they're one of the elite teams in the NFL? No. Uh, do I think they will go deep into the playoffs? I mean, that's who knows? Probably not. But I mean, I do think they're going to win the NFC South. Um, and I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think this actually, I mentioned this to somebody a few weeks ago. This actually reminds me a little bit about of the Hawks when the Hawks started getting really entertaining, but not winning yet. Um, I, I think that's sort of like that, but I think they're a little more advanced. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe overall I'm putting too much faith in, in Arthur Smith and the offense, but I, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, I, right now, if it were up to me, I think they're going to win nine or 10 games. I think that, I think 10 games actually is what I predicted the other day. So um, I just kind of went win, win, loss, loss, win, like everybody else did on the schedule. And, I haven't gone forward to the division. Um, that's probably the biggest wild card, but I don't think anyone else in the division is very good. Yeah, I will save my uh, <laughs> prediction for later in this week because I'm going to do a whole episode breaking that down. But uh, let's just say I'm not too far off on what you just said. Um, and you you kind of touched upon, we're going we're to talk about the defense a little bit later in the episode, but it seems like you you tend to think that the offense is going to be the strength of this team as opposed to the defense. Is that a fair assessment of what you just spoke of? It is. I mean, that's not to say there's not questions about the offense. Obviously, Desmond Ritter's the biggest question. Um, there are questions about the wide receiver depth. I, I would really like to see this team, and notwithstanding the positionless football, you know, buzz phrase that we've heard, you know, for weeks and weeks and months. Um, but, I, you know, the wide receiver core is pretty thin, really. Um, and I do think everybody's going to catch passes. Um, I do. I think Bijan Robinson's going to catch a lot of passes. Uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be moved all over the field. It's. Um, but I. That said, I think they're going to be fine offensively. I like their offensive line. Um, I generally have liked their play calling. Um, there's going to be some questions about Kyle Pitts and staying healthy because he still kind of has to show he was worth that pick. But I would say I have fewer questions about what I think I'm going to get on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, one thing, and I don't know if I'm going to write about this week or not, I, I might just wait till after the game, but one thing nobody is talking about is that Ryan Nielsen is not called plays as a coordinator. I think since central Connecticut state, um, 2008, 2009, um, that was a long time ago. He did, from what I understand, call some plays with the saints last year, but I'm going to assume that those were like short yardage, goal line, first down running situations. He hasn't really been the guy to call defensive snaps since 
early in his college career. So I think that's a legitimate question. Um, uh, I think while I really like what they, what they've done on the defensive line, you know, there's no great balls out. If I could say balls out on the podcast, you know, edge pass rusher. Um, I think they have some really, they have depth, they have more depth than they've had in a long time, obviously. I think Grady Jarrett is dropping to his knees thinking about the depth they have inside now, but I, um, they don't have a great edge rusher. And, and I think the question is, are they going to be able to collectively put enough pressure on quarterbacks in whatever these groups and rotations that they come out with? I think that's a legitimate question. Um, and there's, Linebackers are okay. Secondary is okay. You know, um, uh, there, I think there's probably some questions about Jeff Okuda's health right now. I actually expected him to start the year on the injured list. Um, as we're taping this right now, he's not on the injured list. I don't know if that's going to change or not, but maybe he's going to be okay. Um, so yeah, that's my questions on the defensive side right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned one of those big questions. And uh, that was Desmond Ritter. And we'll talk a little bit more about what your thoughts on on Desmond Ritter and how he figures not only in the short term, but into the long term plans for the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll continue that on today's Locked on Falcons. Now, we here in Atlanta, we love positionless football and bird dogs might be the equivalent of Bijan Robinson when it comes to clothes. Right. Bijan looks good in any formation and bird dogs are going to make you look good and they work on any occasion. And you can wear them like I did at the beach earlier this summer when you forgot to pack your swim trunks. You can rock them at the gym. You can wear them to games. You can use them on date night or you can just wear them when you're lounging around the house doing absolutely nothing and this incredibly versatile product all we're talking about are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer because bird dogs invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis but stretches to give you that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement every day is going to look like leg day and they also use this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long and to take advantage of this product all you got to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl or enter the promo code Locked On NFL at checkout, and you'll get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's BirdDogs.com/slash Locked On NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you. So uh, before we continue today's episode, I want to thank everyone that makes this illustrious podcast their first listen each and every day. And for your second listen, why not check out the Locked On? Ultimate NFL Season Preview, a seven-episode extravaganza. We're about midway through as we're recording this on Monday, and you're getting all the insights, analysis, opinions from all 32 Locked On NFL hosts with added insights from the national experts here on the podcast network. It's a can't-miss series before the season kicks off. Catch every episode by checking out Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So, I am joined here by Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, and we're talking about the Falcons and expectations going into the season. We've talked a little bit on Desmond Ritter, and you already kind of mentioned how he is one of the bigger question marks on the offensive side of the ball. And when we talk about Desmond Ritter and the, and the Falcons offense, you know, there was a lot of skepticism uh, several months ago, especially at the beginning of the offseason about the Falcons' decision to roll with Desmond Ritter as their starting quarterback. And for me, at least from my perspective, it feels like there's been a different tone and tenor revolving around the Falcons decision, that decision since the draft. It, it felt like basically once the Falcons selected B. John Robinson, suddenly people stopped criticizing the Falcons and were more like invested in like, OK, what is this team 
up to um, trying to figure out exactly what their plan is. And, you know, I wonder what do you think the Falcons plan is, particularly at the quarterback position? And do you think it involves the team truly believing that Desmond Ritter is their long term answer at that quarterback spot? I think if you back them against the wall and and said, be honest, they would say, we really don't know. I mean, that's what I, I mean. I think that's fair. They can't, you can't know for sure if somebody is the guy until he's put in that position. Um, you saw some progress last year in the four starts that he had. Certainly the first start to the fourth start was, um, was extreme in terms of his progress. Um, I, I think they're comfortable with, um, with the fact that the moment's not going to be too big for him. I think they're comfortable with him in the huddle, in the locker room. I think a lot of other players like him, uh, leadership, all those things. I think all those things are really important. Honestly, I, I, I just think it comes down to real tangible things, which is making the throw. I mean, I, the one knock that followed him a little bit was his accuracy. Um, we saw some of that in training camp. Uh, we didn't really see enough of him in preseason to know um, whether that exists or not. Um, but I think it's really going to be those tangible things. I, but I, I'll, I'll say this. I think Arthur Smith is smart enough on the offensive side of the ball to – offensive coordinators have pretty big egos. As a general rule, they have really big egos. And, and it's like if something goes wrong, it didn't go wrong because I called the wrong play it, it, because you screwed it up. But I, that's just the fact. Um, it's like boxing trainers. Like you'll never talk to a boxing trainer who ever lost a fight, who will ever say the strategy was wrong. They'll always say, my guy lost because he did that. <laughs> it's not like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have told him to go inside. Um, I, I think when regards to Arthur Smith, though, he is, despite the I'm a really good player, uh, play caller ego side of it, I think he's smart enough and grounded enough to understand what he has and what he doesn't have. And I think what he has is the potential of a really good running game. Um, he has the potential of a very good short passing game, um, possession passing game, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He's got some really versatile players, some guys who can play a bunch of different spots on the field in different situations and a lot of different player groupings. And I think he is going to maximize all that as much as possible to put Desmond Ritter in somewhat of a protective bubble, which is hard to do when you there's only one guy on the field who touches the ball every play other than the center. Um, and that's the quarterback. But I think he's going to do as much as he can, whether it's the running game or very short passes, to to sort of protect Desmond Ritter until they know for sure what they have. And then they'll loosen up. If things go well, they'll loosen up as the season goes on, as usually does, and and maybe put in some more high-risk you know, stuff. I hope that's not evading the question. I, 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 and, and, you know, the other thing in terms of the decision to not bring somebody else in, um, let's put the Deshaun Watson thing aside because I, I never want to talk about that again. <laughs> um, <You know. laughs> um, I understood, I understood, I'm sure I wrote at the time, why they didn't pursue Lamar Jackson. Um, is he a better quarterback than Desmond Ritter? Obviously. He's proven a lot more. He's one of the best players in the league. And in that sense, he makes the team better. But if you give away the assets and the money, that it would take to bring in Lamar Jackson. You could not have done 
90, 90% of what you did this off season. And they needed to do 90% of what they did this off season um, to build out this depth. Um, and I, I have to say that Arthur and Terry Fontenot have really stuck to what they've said at the outset, which is this whole mindset of bring in the great quarterback and have a crappy team around him and watch him get beat up and, and not play well has, doesn't work. Now, if you're completely blown away by a college quarterback, or a quarterback you could get in free agency, and you think this is our guy for the next 10 years, um, we can't miss on this guy. We have to take him. I totally get that too. But by and large, you know, they haven't been impressed with the quarterbacks in the drafts the last few years. They just haven't been. Um, and and obviously they weren't impressed with Justin Fields, so they, they would have drafted him. And so um, I, I, I just think that while they may not be sold – a hundred percent on Desmond Ritter right now. They were not sold on anybody else to this point, and they felt I think it was a higher priority to build out the roster, get cap normal, <laughs> and and then go from there. And obviously, this is a one-year tryout, right? I mean, you're not going to commit to Desmond Ritter next season if you're really not sure he's the guy or not, um, based on what happens this year. So this is an important year for him and for the team. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And you know, I did not expect you to have the answer to whether Desmond Ritter was a long-term quarterback because I don't think anybody knows. And Nobody kind of been yeah. waiting, you know, for the actual games to start to to, to find out. But I thought you, you said something interesting where this season is kind of a referendum, and I think you were kind of touching on this, where the Falcons have kind of put him in a position to succeed with the playmakers that they have on, on offense and the players that they've added on defense. And it's, is it kind of the idea that if Desmond Ritter struggles this year, then it kind of tells us that he's not the guy. Um, is there, you know, other than just basically being good enough for this team t- to reach their goals and, and making the playoffs, is there anything that he can do definitively this year to show that he absolutely is the guy? Um, I would say, number one, a high completion percentage. Um, I would say hitting key passes on third down. You know, this is going to be very cliche. Um, I would say winning games in winnable moments. I mean, as much as we can say that, um, uh, yeah, because I almost don't want to get too wrapped up in the statistical stuff, but I do mm-hmm. think completion percentage is important. But I think that as much as we talk about putting quarterbacks in safe situations and, and you know, doing what you can and not screwing it up, I can't remember the last time I saw a football game where the quarterback did not have to make at least one or two throws. It, whether it was a deep throw or whether it was a short throw, but with the pressure on or do something to enable his team to win the game. He's going to have to do that. Um, he's going to have to do something, Aaron, to separate himself from, is this guy make us a better team than if we drafted or signed this guy in the off season? If that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're going to be making that comparison at some point this year as they go through their evaluation of how Desmond Ritter projects in the future. Okay. He's not bad, but on a scale of one to 10, he's a six. Okay. Is the in simplest forms. Well, if you can go out after the season, get a seven and you're not changing the rest of the team, I mean, maybe you're adding to it a little bit, then you go get the seven, you know? So I think he has to prove what he is. And that's why it almost doesn't, it almost doesn't count on just the record or just his statistics. It's going to be, 
Now we've had a full season to evaluate Desmond Ritter. This is what he is. He's a six or he's a seven or he's a seven and a half. I don't know if he's going to be an eight, but he's, he, this is what he is. And we can win with him. Okay. And we can do this with him. We can go deep into the playoffs with him. And, you know, everybody's going to go back to Tennessee and what Arthur Smith did with Ryan Tannehill. Um, You know, nobody ever thought that of Ryan Tannehill, but he was able to be what they needed him to be. And that was going to be good enough. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's my long convoluted answer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got you. Now, of course, guys, there's still more to come on today's episode where Jeff and I will be talking further about Desmond Ritter and talk about how Desmond Ritter kind of compares to Jalen Hurts and Stetson, Stetquavius Bennett. Yeah, we'll talk about that in terms of whether or not Ritter can be that sort of definitive answer for the Falcons quarterback position of the future. And we'll get into that to wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. But you guys can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off an NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. And now is the best time to join FanDuel, the app that's easy to use. And you can be you can bet on anything from spreads to player props and more, you know, you can bet on the Falcons being three and a half point favorites over the Carolina Panthers in week one. You can bet on the Falcons being plus 210 to the win the division. You can bet on the over under for the win totals, which is eight and a half wins. Or you can bet on Bijan Robinson being plus 300 to win offensive rookie of the year as the favorite. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Um, part of me, you know, again, maybe getting too far ahead of ourselves asking this question, but part of me wonders a little bit if there's some Jalen Hurts parallels because we saw Jalen sure. Hurts start four games as a rookie. We saw him lead the Eagles to the playoffs uh, in his second season, but they got embarrassed by the Bucs in the postseason. And I think everybody was like, well, we don't we don't think Jalen Hurts is good anymore. And, as, you know, the yeah. Eagles kind of loaded up on draft picks to potentially replace Jalen Hurts. And then he went out and had an MVP caliber season. Um, got a, a, you know, a, a big contract this off season, you know, basically, I guess my question is, is there a, a chance that we don't really have that definitive answer and we have to kind of run it back next year to get that more definitive answer by years in on Desmond Ritter? I, I think, um, I think it comes back to who's available out there. Right. It comes back to almost what you do at every position in the offseason. Boy, we'd really like to get better at defensive end. Okay, okay. we have player A at defensive end. Who could we get? Could we get this guy in the draft? Is he better? Could could we spend X amount in free agency? Is this guy better? I think it's going to come down to that basic comparison. Um, The other thing, and I never thought I would bring up Stetson Bennett on this podcast. (laughs) But this is what I'm thinking about now. After Georgia won the second title last year, um, I think I think my day after column was about <clears throat> should Stetson Bennett change the way we evaluate quarterbacks? Um, and we've all talked about for a, a while, it's nothing new about too many scouts and coaches fall in love with the big arm or the big guy or whatever. <clears throat> but I think I don't think we had ever seen anything as extreme as 
maybe in the college or pro level that I can think about it, of a quarterback who just was not expected to be anything. And, and, and because they so overlooked some physical attributes or maybe the backdrop of who he was or how he got there, they completely um, ignored his strengths. Um, and the players gravitated to him toward you know, right away or they, that he showed those leadership skills or he made the big throws and he got significantly better and he was coachable. Um, and by the way, I'm not saying on this podcast that said Stetson Bennett's going to be a great NFL quarterback. So I'm going to put that out there now. Hey, I heard Schultz. He said he's going to be a pro bowler. I didn't say that. Um, but in the bigger picture, I do think even if Desmond Ritter turns out to be not 100% accurate all the time, which, by the way, neither was Brett Favre. Um, but they won games in crucial moments. They did things in crucial moments. Um, and and that evaluation process after the season, without I – mean, I know we're looking too far ahead – is going to be he brings us this, but he doesn't bring us this. Can we do better? Um, and it's hard to know right now what their evaluation of the quarterbacks is going to be. We've seen that their evaluation of quarterbacks – is obviously not the same as what many draft Knicks are um, because they passed on some. Um, they could have either drafted them or they could have moved up to draft some. They didn't. They chose not to do it. They chose to wait until the third round to draft a quarterback. Um, I think he's the only quarterback they've drafted in three drafts. Am I right? I don't think they drafted another one. So um, that tells you something. That tells you that they don't want to strap themselves on the salary cap um, with a guy unless they're 100% sold on him. And it tells you something, this guy does enough that we think we can turn him into what we need. But the questions will finally be answered to some most degree, I think, this year. Well, I think you, you brought up an interesting point about, you know, what are your options? And I certainly think it probably played into Jalen Hurts' favor that the offseason where last offseason when, when the Eagles could have been in a position to upgrade him, um, it was not a great quarterback draft class. And, right. you know, basically if you weren't going all in on Russell Wilson, you weren't going to uh, necessarily get that upgraded to quarterback. And we saw how that worked out for Denver, but uh, yes. yeah. So yes. we'll, we'll see, you know, I think you're right that what are the options available next off season? You know, is Kyler Murray going to be available is, you know, all these is expected to be a good quarterback class. So those are all variables that we don't quite know right now, but We'll certainly see in several months from now and, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But well, Jeff, I appreciate your insights into this Falcons team and your thoughts on what we should expect to see this upcoming season. Let the listeners know what you got going on over at the athletic. Well, uh, yeah, just uh, go to the athletic. I'm I'll, I'll be at the opening game. Um, I'll probably have uh, at least one advanced column this week. Um, there's not a good college game this week. Yeah, with Georgia, Georgia Tech worth going to. So I will not be going to a Georgia game, but um, but I definitely will be at the first NFL game. Isn't Georgia playing South Carolina this week? Uh, no, they play South Carolina next week. Oh, they, okay. they play Ball State, I think, this week. Oh, okay. I, but, I, I but Georgia, you were throwing but, shade at South Carolina. No, <laughs> no, but Georgia Tech is playing South Carolina State, so you're welcome to go to that one. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. All right. Are, you, are you a Gamecock, or, did you do, or are you just – No, okay. I just right. – just, I thought you were just talking trash about South Carolina no, by saying it's no, not I'll, a good game. That's I'll talk all. trash about them next week, but no, no, this for you. <laughs> <laughs> all 
it's like shots fired. That's all I was thinking. It was just like, okay, all right. No, <laughs> but, no I'm, I'm just, no, I'm shots fired at Ball State. That's yeah, it. there you go. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Okay. <laughs> so, Jeff, I really appreciate you uh, joining me on today's episode and uh, taking shots at Ball State. I know of at least one Falcon fan that is a Ball State alum, so he he's not going to enjoy hearing Come that. All right. But, um, yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, we, we'll we'll keep in touch. Hopefully, we'll get you back on during the season and again after a win, so that you get to say positive things about this Falcons team for once. There we go. Okay, thanks, Aaron. So, guys, that's going to do it for us here on today's Locked On Falcons, and uh, I'll let you guys know that I cut out roughly about six minutes of today's episode that I'll probably post separately on YouTube. That included Jeff's thoughts on sort of the timeline for the defense to gel under Ryan Nielsen, as well as his thoughts on the rest of the division. Uh, And tomorrow's episode for your first listen, we should have two episodes for you. If everything goes according to plan, Scott bear of Atlanta Falcons.com will join us. And you'll also get my season preview in that second episode where I'll give my own prediction for the Falcons record, as well as maybe some statistical projections, my Super Bowl picks this year, and we'll see whatever else I feel like talking about in that episode. And right now, my plan is to put that episode with Scott up on Tuesday night on YouTube and then Wednesday morning for your audio feeds. And then I'll probably post both the video and audio of that season preview around lunchtime on Wednesday for those of you, you know, for your afternoon commutes or whenever you want to check that out. And of course, we still have lots of great coverage the rest of the week. We'll have our crossover Thursday with Locked On Panthers host Julian Council later this week, as well as potential other guests as the week unfolds to get you all ready for week one. Lots of great content coming your way on this illustrious podcast. So continue to make us your first listen. And for your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast for that ultimate 2023 season preview, breaking down all 32 NFL teams and who's going to be the favorites, all that more. Find it on Locked On NFL. It's all part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.